Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm so happy to welcome Jennifer Sprague, LTSS Manager at Molina Healthcare of Illinois, to talk about the importance of value-based care and care coordination. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm really excited about this conversation. I love highlighting the importance of value-based care and, and how that those models transform healthcare. And I think that's why we're all here, right? Like nobody's in this space for the status quo. We always want to change, transform, and you know, for the end goal of better improving the lives of our members. And so can you just sort of level set for our listeners and explain what is value-based care and, and what are the models you guys are really using over at Molina? Absolutely. And 100%, that's what we're here for. So value-based care is a type of reimbursement model that ties the payment for care to the quality of care that's provided. And it rewards providers for both efficiency and effectiveness. And of course, you know, great quality care equals healthier people. Um, for Melina, this translates to added assurances that our members are achieving the best possible outcomes, and we're also so pleased to be able to reward providers for their part in achieving great health outcomes for our members. Oh, I love that. And I also think, like, when we think about it from, like, a human perspective or, you know, our sort of, like, my layman's understanding of, like, the healthcare system, so often better healthcare is more efficient healthcare as well. And so these can be things like better discharge planning, right? Um, at a hospital where you have everything you need when you leave the hospital. So you don't end up having to go back. You have your prescriptions, you have your um, home health, if you need it, you have your appointments with your doctors already made. So you're able to be supported in the community. But then the other side of that can also be in the community with your primary care physician or with your um, federally qualified health center, you have a strong relationship with your doctor. And so they're, you know, they're running regular labs, you know, for diabetes or for any other chronic condition. They're, you know, talking to you about your medications. They're talking to you about your needs um, and, and making sure that you feel really supported in your, with your community provider so that you don't end up hospitalized or you don't end up going to the emergency room because you don't know where to go. So, I think that's so key when we talk about efficiencies, especially in the value-based care setting, we're really talking about how do we actually improve outcomes so we avoid sort of those unwanted and unnecessary costly visits often to emergency rooms and hospitals, not exclusively, but often that's what we're trying to, to avoid. Am I right? Yes, 100%. It definitely is connected to really just ensuring that uh, people are receiving that great quality care that they really want and need. Um, because great care is, you know, just like you said, that 
is equal to healthier people. If they are receiving exactly what they need at discharge or they're going to their doctor every year to get a preventative health visit that, you know, hopefully doesn't catch anything, but may catch something early that they would need additional follow-up on. That's, that's really exactly what it's there for and really how healthcare should work. Yeah, exactly right. Like we always hope, I love how you said that, Jenny, you hope they don't catch anything with like your regular screenings, like your cancer screenings and all of that. You, the goal is obviously, the, or the hope is you never catch anything. But the goal is if there is something, we want to catch it as early as possible because the treatment is easier for that person. It is less intrusive and it's more successful. The other side of that, of course, is because it's less intrusive and um, more successful, it also tends to cost less. And so it's better for the entire system uh, when we really have that um, high quality healthcare. So that's the goal, that's where we're going to. And there are providers who are already there, right? I mean, they, they, yes. there are providers Absolutely. who are doing this work and they're amazing. Can you, and part of that is really through partnerships with health plans, um, you know, and really sort of aligning incentives. But can you sort of talk about how Molina is approaching value-based care in order to improve the Medicaid program? Sure. So we approach value-based care really in a variety of different ways. Um, so firstly, we do it through quality initiatives, uh, community events, such as, you know, partnering with providers to offer dental days or breast cancer screenings, you know, really hitting those preventative care needs, and then also through provider incentives. So we engage in value-based care arrangements with large organizations, including, you know, hospitals and primary care provider groups. And this is a P4P or pay for performance program that applies to all providers and really incentivizes filling those preventative care gaps that we were talking about. Again, kind of going back, you know, if we're able to um, use those preventative care measures and really, you know, catch things early, heaven forbid, again, that equals better outcomes for people, less evasive, you know, potential treatment, things like that. Uh, we also partner with those providers to provide information and data from our membership to help them to succeed. And one unique value-based care program that we're excited to talk a little bit more about today is one with a kind of unusual provider, an atypical provider for this type of uh, relationship. So it's a, a long-term service and supports waiver homemaker service provider. So that agency is hiring homemakers to go into our members' homes and to help them with, you know, anything they need for activities of daily living, like cooking a meal, you know, light cleaning, that kind of thing. We launched this partnership in about mid-2021, and the entire process was a total collaboration between Melina and this organization. So we built it together um, through ongoing conversations from the ground up. Uh, we worked together to identify preventative care measures that would provide value to our membership and to each organization, and also designed how to launch it to the benefit of our members. And we saw great success with this program in 2022 um, with the provider exceeding one of their goals. So one of the goals that we work on for preventative care is, you know, helping a person to have a yearly doctor's appointment, uh, yearly physical or just check in with their PCP each year. 
And our goal was that 90 for, 95% of that membership that was working in that program would have that annual PCP visit. And they exceeded that by 3% in 2022, which is amazing because 95% is already a high number. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, wow, wow. Yep. Like that's wild. Yep. So 98% of those members had an annual PCP visit in 2022, which like you said, it's just amazing. It was such an awesome result to see from that collaboration. And as well, the provider's efforts and the collaborative holistic approach that we took helped reduce hospitalizations and ER visits for that membership 7% over 2022. Again, so that's that's amazing. It is. And I think when you think of this population, so these are, um, actually, I'll ask, were these seniors or were these people? Uh, mm-hmm. Perfect. So it was our, it was our aging waiver. So these are seniors who are receiving support in their homes so we can avoid ha- um, nursing home stays and hospitalization. Mm-hmm. So these are, these are really at-risk folks, right? Like these are people who need who are need help um, in their homes. And so when you think of a 7% reduction in um, ED and hospitalization visits, like in the first year, I mean, that's significant um, when you think of also the population, because it is a population that is just more vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. The population is vulnerable as part of being, you know, receiving waiver services, that person has to be assessed as at risk of, you know, nursing home placement if they don't receive these supports in the community. So definitely a very high risk vulnerable population. And again, like you said, amazing results and healthier people. Absolutely. And, and, and anybody who has a grandparent or a parent of sort of in that Mm -hmm. age group, you, we all know, hospitalizations for that age group, it's very destabilizing. It can be very concerning. It's never, um, I mean, nobody wants to be in the hospital, but it, it is just more complex with the older and more vulnerable you become. Other infections become a risk. I mean, there's just so much there. So not only, you know, there, there's downstream effect of avoiding those hospitalizations as well um, and just improving the quality of life that member has. And I love that you guys took a look at the whole healthcare system and you sort of said, wait a second, these, you know, this, this home care agency, they're sending home care aides into the, uh, into our members' homes. They're working very closely with them. They're really well positioned to help Mm -hmm. us meet our goals, to help support our members and improve the Medicaid program overall. Let's see if we can get creative here and do something that, again, could never happen in a fee-for-service system. This only happens in Medicaid managed care. And goodness, look at the outcomes that that creativity brought about. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, to that end, Jennifer, you know, I, I suspect this played a role. But we always talk, you know, oftentimes care coordination and value-based care, they're they're talked about hand in hand. I think part of it is you you can only have both of those in a managed care environment. They don't exist in fee-for-service. They're sort of what makes managed care unique and special. Um, can you talk about the importance of care coordination and sort of how you use that either in conjunction with your value-based care arrangement or separately to improve those healthcare outcomes for members? 
Of course, and, and care coordination was essential to the development and the success of the program. So in the beginning, as we collaborated to develop the program, we first, you know, just focused on education regarding preventative care measures. And of course, you know, that is, again, working together to figure out how are we able to use strategically the strengths that both organizations have in order to provide the best possible care and best possible outcomes for members. The education served as the foundation of those discussions and really helped us and the agency to think creatively and inform the interventions that they ultimately ended up using or that we ended up using together. Uh, so for example, they ended up hiring a nurse um, throughout 2022. I think it was the beginning of 2022 they hired a nurse to really provide extra support and education to their members, um, targeting the ones with the most preventative care gaps or ones that had, you know, the highest risk of hospitalization or ER visits, just those really vulnerable folks. And so that really came out of the conversations that we all had. Um, as a part of my role here at Molina as a manager, I am a supervisor over many case managers, and it's always a collaborative discussion with them and my other uh, supervisor colleagues to, to really figure out, again, how we can take a holistic and really creative way of thinking about ways that we can utilize this partnership. So as part of that, another kind of unique feature that came out of the program is that we had really uh, this extensive involvement between our care coordinator staff as well as the agency staff. So a required feature of the value-based contract was that the provider engaged in clinical rounds with our care coordination team. And so we had monthly rounds, but then we're always able to you know, contact each other, email, phone call outside of that monthly rounds to collaborate as needed. Um, but during those rounds, we, we brought to the table both sides, high risk members or members that we had a barrier where we really wanted to talk about and, you know, brainstorm, again, creative ways to kind of overcome it or, you know, utilize the strengths of both sides. So we worked together during those rounds on solutions to help improve care and overcome obstacles that you know, the team identified. And the rounds also provided the team, again, a more holistic perspective. Like you talked about you know, those individuals, the homemaker agency staff, they are boots on the ground. They're there seeing our members sometimes every day. And so that is a... Um, amazing, unique perspective that we really wanted to capitalize. And this helped us to bring to light and address barriers and implement interventions more nimbly than potentially we, we would have been able to without this partnership. So as an example, you know, during the public health emergency, our case management team was not operating face to face and the agency who was in the home, you know, were able to enlighten us about various social determinant of health or SDOH needs that the member might have. And we were able to talk about how the a member could use their Molina benefit or their waiver benefit to help to resolve that issue and you know, just clear a path for access to care. So one great example of this that came out a couple times was the need for pest control. So 
the need for pest control is always an unfortunate situation, uh, but Molina waiver members are able to get pest control as a value added benefit through their waiver. And of course, having that problem can impact our waiver members pretty significantly. We talked about how you know, these are vulnerable folks that were helping to remain in their home and their community. That's what they want to do. Uh, you know, research shows that's a great outcome for their health. And so we want to support them in that. But having a pest problem can impact their services because those agency providers, they've got to be really careful. Um, a lot of them are bringing their, you know, vacuum and things like that. They want to make sure that they're not spreading pests to the different folks that they're serving. And so through our clinical rounds, the provider was able to bring any of those issues to us immediately. And we were able to, again, get connected with the benefit, get things rolling so that, you know, the pest issue was resolved, which improves quality of life. And members were able to, you know, resume their services within a very short turnaround time. Oh, I love that, Jennifer. And I think, Goodness, the trust that builds between them and Molina and their home care agency that, oh, they're really here to help me. They're really invested in my my well-being and my outcomes. It's more than, you know, just I think sort of a quote unquote traditional insurance company and healthcare provider. They're really invested in me um, and how I'm doing. I think that's just speaks to the value of managed care and care coordination. That is incredibly true. And I mean, it, just anecdotally, we had so much positive feedback from members, from our agency partners, and from our staff as well about just how special this program was or is. Uh, we're continuing the program in 2023, of course, and looking to evolve the partnership even further. But, you know, that really, that volume of feedback and, you know, just the positive things people have said really speaks to exactly what you were saying with the direct impact on, on people's quality of life. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jennifer Sprague, for joining us um, for this wonderful conversation, but more importantly, for the work you do day in and day out to not only improve the Medicaid program and strengthen it, but to really improve lives. I mean, you're really making a difference and it's amazing to hear about. So thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with us today. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. And to our listeners, to learn more about what I'm Hip is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.org. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam says, thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.